739 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Joining us, we have Chip Simmons, the sheriff for Escambia County. Sheriff, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Oh, man, I'm great. It's always good to have you. And it's into December now. Can you believe it? I can't believe we're almost done with 2023. Yeah, That's crazy. I can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. So uh, You've been waiting for Christmas, right? Have I mean, you? So Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, a couple of incidents I want to talk about. One was we had a hit and run uh, up on uh, US-29, and the pedestrian that got hit was in critical condition. What do we know about this case? Uh, or is that an I FHP? I don't know anything about this case. Is that yeah, an FHP? FHP? Yeah, oh, okay. Patrol would, would you know, it's, it's funny. As many times as I remind people of who's got jurisdiction over what, <laughs> I still sometimes make the mistake of asking about somebody else's case. So um, what can you tell me about this Okaloosa case, though? Uh <laughs> <laughs> happens um but we do have one that was uh, in escambia that y'all dealt with uh the cheerleading coach at pine forest high school said around at brooks hill um god this is a weird story it's a weird story but uh the, as i understand it we had uh two amounts of money totaling seven thousand dollars like twenty five hundred dollars and you know whatever the rest would be to make up seven thousand and some change and um they were raising money um, through a cheerleader camp to eventually pay for, for trainers to come in from various colleges. They have come in and, and hold other camps. Um, and the money was supposed to have been collected and then turned into the bookkeeper at Pine Forest High School. Well, whenever the head vars- the head cheerleader coach decides, hey, I'm going to pay these people to come in and put on a camp for our cheerleaders, she finds out there's no money in the account. So go back to the bookkeeper. Bookkeeper says, I never got the money. And lo and behold, um, uh, the individual has has collected the money, was supposed to turn it in, never turned it in, was given plenty of opportunities. We have, we were in conversation with the school district. They just wanted their money back, which which I get. Right. Um, so there was there were plenty of opportunities. We held off until they they could see if they could get the money back. Uh, it became apparent to all of us that um, there was no money to be gotten going back. To be, it was gone. going to be taken back. Uh, we did a search warrant, found out that the money was indeed taken, uh, you know, collected. And then it was disseminated to family and friends, it looks like. Mm. And um, so she was charged with uh, the theft, of that grand theft of that, of that property. So it just seems like we've had a number of cases sort of in this vicinity over the last couple of years. What, what can small organizations like a cheerleading team or a school or whatever, you know, what can they do to prevent this kind of stuff? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming have a second person, have a treasurer, have, you know, two parties. I, I mean, I just don't know. It just seems like the kind of thing that could very easily happen at a lot of organizations. When I used to run a ballpark, I, for, for five years, I was a park president for Inslee Sports Association. Uh, but I was also involved in cantonment sports. And, and you have to have uh, some sort of an audit. You have to have, as you said, uh, a board of directors, a president, vice mm-hmm. president, secretary, treasurer. And then not one person handles all the money. You know, this person would get it, and then they would sign off on it, and another person would sign off on it. We used to have that issue, um, you know, years back at concession stands because it's almost mm. always a cash business, yeah. and then you have to you have to count the number of French fries, and you have to estimate how many fries were sold, and how much money you should have, and then then you go to each coach and you talk about how much you know in football in particular, you you know how much do you have with, with jersey money, and mm-hmm. and cheerleading is a big big yeah. big operation, very um, expensive. That, that yeah. Their uniforms are hundreds and hundreds of dollars, and so they do these fundraisers they do whether it's a car wash or what some sort of a camp they go to or just a, a solicitation for for money um so i think when you're dealing with money especially loose money like you know a cash i think that uh, you need to make sure that you have these controls over it where one person is is not really i mean you don't have to accuse somebody right obviously but you need to let lay the the basically let them know that these are the rules and this is how we're going to handle this particular fundraising thing 
Andrew McKay is going to collect the money. You're going to collect the money. Give it to me. I'll give you a receipt. We'll make sure we got the same amount of money. Then we'll one of us will turn into the bank. And then we verify the next day or the next you know, a couple of days that that money was indeed placed into the, into the account. And in this case, it had been, um, you know, some time and then they try to get them to turn it back in. Right. Yeah. I mean, all, it, it seems very straightforward, but that's why, you know, a lot of times this stuff happens and that's, you know, just giving some people advice to think about this if they're running organizations is kind of what I wanted mm-hmm. you to do, which you did, of course. Uh, we also had a more, uh, far more serious case. We had a murder and, uh, the suspect had fled out of the state, right? Is that what happened here? Yeah, this is a felony murder case. Uh, as, as you recall, felony murder is something if you start, if you set something in motion by committing a felony, if you and I go together and say, hey, let's go and commit a felony, and someone gets killed as a result of that, I or you, whoever does the I drive the, you to the convenience you know, store, you yeah. go in and commit the murder, I'm a felony accomplice to that right. murder. Yeah, the person should pull the trigger, but even if you didn't pull the trigger, if you set it up, if you, you were a part of it, you can be charged with felony murder. And that's what happened in this case. Uh, three members of the same family decided they would go uh, to a location on, I guess, North Tarragona and, and buy some marijuana. Um, someone grabs it and flees. They chase them and end up getting shot. And so that's, you know, they're going to, um, you know, to, to buy drugs and mm-hmm. then someone gets shot and killed. Now, we're still looking for the person that pulled the trigger. We have warrants. We know who the person was that, that set up the deal and that, that ran with the drugs and then, and then basically ordered someone else to start firing at, okay. at these people. Um, that's the one that who, you talked who, about, Fled. Who was the who got shot? The people setting up the buy or the seller? The the sellers. The sellers came there to, um, as I understand it, the sellers came there to do a drug deal. Okay. And then someone grabbed the drugs and ran around the house. They followed him. Okay. And then they were shot. One oh, of them okay. Was shot and killed. Okay. The, the one that was following. So it was set up to be a robbery and then to kill the people if they they chased them, basically. Okay. Uh, it was a, yeah a, a theft of the drugs and then then okay. just to shoot. So it sounds like a, a that type of a setup. I don't okay. know if they intended to do it initially. Or if it just turned out that way. But it way. certainly happened okay. that way. But but then he decides to leave. He, as I understand, it, he's driving around Roanoke, Alabama, wherever that is, and um, you know he has no ID, no phone, no nothing. But a a, a law enforcement officer stops him. Uh, does some pretty good work, actually. Um, didn't have his name or anything. But he starts Googling one of the first names he gave him and finds out he, there's a person with that name was wanted in Scambia County on a felony murder charge mm, mm-hmm. and ends up cuffing him. And um, we're, we're supposed to go up here today, probably have a conversation with him. And then eventually he'll come here to Scambia County to okay. face the music. Yeah, well, I mean, good work by them. I mean, mm-hmm. outstanding work by them. Uh, I did want to ask you, Sheriff, this uh, Thursday we've got the Board of County Commissioners are having a meeting. And they're going to be taking up the uh, the median ordinance that your legal department and the county's legal department had worked on, uh, what some people would think of as the panhandling ordinance. Um, are you planning to go? Because, I mean, this is one that, that you have said you support, you you have been wanting to have something that was constitutionally enforceable. Um, are you going to, I mean, are you going to go to the meeting and advocate for this and explain why it's useful? Or were you planning on it? Yeah, I wasn't planning on going okay. to the meeting. I've had conversations with a number of the commissioners. We our legal team has had a conversation with their legal team. What I what I told them was if they were to uh, to pass this ordinance and and once the effective date comes around, we will we will do our best to enforce it. I just want to remind everyone: all it deals with is an ordinance that's less than six feet a median. wide. A median, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's I mean, I'm sorry, that's six feet, which is mostly a concrete type or uh, median, mm-hmm. which is kind of kind of small area. It's not going to stop them from standing on a sidewalk. It's not going to stop them from holding a sign. It's not going to stop them for asking for money. So, it's, but it's so, a start. It, so, like Davis and uh, Olive, it would stop it in the median, in the but it wouldn't the stop them on the like corner. Right, 
because that's not impeding traffic in the same way. That's correct. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. It's not as dangerous on the outside, on the sidewalk. It's a sidewalk, so people could walk on it, so it's not danger to mm-hmm. be there. It shouldn't be a danger to be there. So uh, this deals basically with just the the median, the concrete, typically the concrete uh, area that is relatively small. And we, we've we've remarked a couple of those, uh, or marked a couple of those uh, medians that we can start the start the enforcement. But it's going to recall we have to watch it through two cycles. We have to do a number of different things. But uh-huh. but we believe it's a start. And and once we get this. Uh, this underway and we start to let make sure they understand you can't do this mm-hmm. and then we'll work with the county commission on saying let's let's start tightening up these other ordinances and so that, that we can stop what 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 we seem to be seeing on the street very good i know um you had a couple of things go on one is that yesterday you had your employee luncheon which is the thing i know you like to do to recognize honor and feed the uh <laughs> current former cops right yeah the escambia county sheriff foundation uh supplied the food and or, or the money for the food um, for our employee, annual employee luncheon yesterday. We typically have it on December the 6th, which is the date that um, we, we had the terrorist attack at right. Principal NAS that our uh, brave, brave men and women at the Sheriff's Office Which, I, which so I was going to well. ask you about that, too, but yeah, yeah go ahead. Right, it, it, didn't want to have the same date as that, I, pr- I right. presume. Right, well, it, it worked out better on a Monday. Okay. Um, so we, had, we also invite our retirees. Um, I really wanted to be more open to those who have worked and who have built the Sheriff's Office. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I understand that. Um, you know, sheriff's house wasn't building today. Mm-hmm. You know, and since 1821, we continue to get better. And why I wanted the people that that uh, served 20, 30, sometimes 40 years to come out there and, and just interact with with their their agency, the agency that they retired from. I, I think the worst thing we could do is just shut the door and say thank you for 30 years of serving our community. Don't come back. We don't mm-hmm. want to see you anymore. We want to hear about you. We don't do any of that. I think that that's uh, I think that's a mistake. I think we can learn from those who came before us. Uh, and I think that they really get a kick out of coming and seeing the changes mm-hmm. and seeing the people that they work with. Many times the people that they have trained who are now in supervisory roles. I, I, I just think it's a, it kind of builds on that family atmosphere. Absolutely. And, I mean, they're a part of a, an institutional legacy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, how many times do you see, like, Professor Emeritus? I mean, you have Cop Emeritus, right? right? I mean, you have, they have great knowledge. You've brought them in for, and like, the, the stories cold, that they tell. The stories, the Some cold case stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. Oh, it's they're, all, they're all true. They're a little <laughs> embellished. There's you know, a truth in yeah. there, right? No, I mean, I I love that you're you know including them not just as a hey we care about them, but they're actually a part of the ongoing yeah. legacy of the uh, uh, the agency. You also speaking of that uh, milestone last night, right? Uh, absolutely, we are so excited. Last night we had a, the graduation for our very first sheriff's office training academy. So we had 19. Uh, they were recruits, and now they are sheriff's deputies. So uh, Pastor Gordon Godfrey was kind enough to let us because we knew we'd have a pretty good crowd. Uh, he allowed us to use the Marcus Point facility, and so we were able to give them. I gave them um, an opportunity that they had a loved one or a a friend or a mentor pin the star on their chest, oh, that's cool. and then they all raised their hand. I, I administered the oath of office. Um, so we have uh, Skimby County. You have 19 brand new deputies uh, sworn and certified to hit the streets. Probably starting today. Outstanding. You guys are fine. Your first class of self-trained here in Escambia County. Right. The very the very first time that we're training our own, and 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 it, the reason that we were able to do it a little quicker is because we did. We incorporated our policies, our procedures, our standards, our core values, mm-hmm. and and to, to see uh, the sense of pride on, on not just their fam their, uh, face, but also the family's face. Is, well, is yeah. Just I mean, you, you don't have to, you know, re-educate them out of the Academy for Escambia County because the Academy is Escambia County. That makes perfect sense how that would shorten that exactly. timeline. It was a long road to get here. If you recall, we yeah. had to, we, we had to go through a lot of lo- a lot of hoops and, uh, 
I, I drove down to South Florida myself and had to explain, answer questions about why we can do it, if we could do it, why it's necessary. And we were able to do that. And, and then the very first one's always got some, you know, some tricky points, but I will tell you that the, the men and women that put this thing on did a fantastic job. And, and so I, I've told them that you guys have about three weeks of rest and we start another academy in January, <laughs> right. you know, and, and then we're going to probably overlap the next two academies. So okay. we're going to continue to get the men and women, um, you know, that want to be in law enforcement, get them trained up and get them out on the streets so we, they can serve our community. I did want to give you a chance before we go uh, just in the last minute here, but uh, anything you want to say, as you said, it is the anniversary of the NS Pensacola terrorist attack, which, of course, your agency was very, very heavily involved in and uh, crucial, really, to stopping. Uh, but on the anniversary, anything you want to tell people that's Wednesday? That's tomorrow? Yeah, I, I, again, it's it's a day that we always remember, certainly those of us who actually were there and and, 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 you know, experienced the, the immediate aftermath and, and heard it on the radio, heard it go out. Um, I, again, I, I want to remind everyone that when the call was made, the members of the Scammon County Sheriff's Office uh, rushed to the scene. They rushed to the aid um, of those who were there at, at, in that building. Um, uh, we'll put out a little video, a quick little video like we do every year, just to remind people that of the heroism, of the courage, uh, commitment and professionalism of the, the men and women of the Scammon County Sheriff's Office. Um, you know, we, as you recall, we had two of our deputies shot. Right. There was a third um, uh, NAS police officer shot, and then obviously the tragedy that, that, that took the lives of three three people there at the at the Navy base. So it's not something that we forget. It's something that the people continue to ask us about. Um, I'm, again, very proud of of how we handled it. I think it's just part of being, you know, uh, in law enforcement. It's part of loving our community. It's part of serving our community. Absolutely. Sheriff Chip Simmons, the Scammy County Sheriff, sir, as always, thank you for keeping us safe. Uh, thanks for doing what you do to uh, inform the community and for spending some time with us. We'll talk to you again next week. You bet. Y'all take care.